we have a big festival. Our parish has a big festival that's been going on since before I was even born. And uh, but I, to my knowledge, it's never had any faith component. It's like a full on carnival with like rides and it's pretty awesome for my kids, but no faith. <laughs> um, so that was the first thing that we did. We said we were going to go out there and uh, set up a little space, a little booth. And uh, and we did. We gathered a team together. We had you know a whole team of intercessors as well, and uh, and people out on the festival grounds. And it was it was awesome. Yeah. What, do you remember any stories that came from that outing? Yeah, actually, um, one of our ladies, um, one of the ladies, she had signed up to be an intercessor, and she's like, well, you know, that's where my place is, and and she took it to prayer and said, nope, the Lord said He wants me out. <laughs> out there. <laughs> what happens? You ask. Sometimes you get surprised. Um, we so what we did is we'd all gather together. So even the intercessors and um, and those that were going to be out um, on, on the festival grounds, we gather and pray together first. And um, just one of the ladies had had um, some words of knowledge that you know there was going to be a gentleman there, a large man, um, and he was going to be wearing black and white stripes, like a referee shirt. And she had a particular message for him. And uh, then we went out, and about an hour later or so there was a big, large man with a referee shirt. And that's not a common thing. So as you can imagine, everybody in our team was like, there he is. Welcome to Stories from the Street. I'm Brian. Thanks for joining us today. In this podcast, we interview Laura Lee. Laura is the Director of Evangelization at the Elgin Roman Catholic Family of Parishes in Ontario, Canada. She's married with four daughters and has been evangelizing with St. Paul Street Evangelization since 2018. Today, we interview her about her stories of evangelization, as well as her commitment to sustain the culture of evangelization at her parish by leading one of our new on-site schools in her community this fall. I hope you enjoy it. Well, great. I just kind of want to dive in. And uh, Laura, I have a, a little bit of a bio about you tell, telling us a little bit about who you are. Um, you are the Director of Evangelization at the Elgin Roman Catholic Family of Parishes. And uh, you are, you're married. You have four daughters. Um, and you've been evangelizing with St. Paul Street Evangelization for a couple of years now. And the good thing that a new thing that you're doing is you're going to be leading an on-site school of evangelization at your parish. And we'll talk more about that as we go. And um, I've met you a couple of times live and you just have a genuine, genuine love for the Lord. And you want to share the gospel with others, a zeal for souls, as we call it. And your joy in evangelization just comes out when you talk to people. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's very exciting. Um, yeah, so like as you said, I live here in St. Thomas, married with four daughters, and um, and I do have a zeal for evangelization, but that wasn't always the case. I'm a cradle Catholic, but I did have some, a period in life where I was away from the church, kind of in my late teenage years to early adulthood, and um, really had a profound encounter with the Lord um, you know, after having my first two kids and really through the sacraments of the church and um, just, you know, that um, just when it all became real, you know, I'd always identified as Catholic and Christian, but um, it was just that um, profound encounter and just when everything went from my head to my heart and I realized who the Lord was and, and who I was to him. So that profoundly um, changed my life and 
I've been blessed with really good priests in my life. And uh, my pastor to this day um, really invested the time to just disciple me and and um, just invested that time in, in, in helping me grow in my relationship with the Lord. So um, that's kind of where I started yeah. on this kind of evangelization. Can I ask you just a little bit more about that? Like, what was it about, you said it was your kids in the sacraments. Was there like a moment in particular or just, you know, just having kids, like it was just something that happened over time? Kind of both. Um, Like having brought my kids back for the sacrament of baptism, um, you know, I started to hear those things that they were saying, you'll come back, you know, you belong here. And and we started, my husband and I started coming to church, but um, kind of semi-regular basis and Um, But at one point, like it just, I would just get overwhelmed with just the presence of God at mass, like just like it was blowing away to the point where I'd be like tearing up and, and I actually, you know, made an appointment to talk to the priest. I'm like, what is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And then just felt on my heart, just that desire to go back to the sacrament of confession. And that honestly, that was like a very, very, um, important moments, um, just coming back to the sacrament and just seeking the Lord's forgiveness and, and wanting to be reconciled with him, like just that intention and just him just overwhelmingly welcoming me back. It's just, that was a profound moment where everything, like the lights went on, it, it all kind of, everything changed from that yeah. moment. That's beautiful. Um, my story is that un- is also very similar. You know, you can go about your life as a cradle Catholic. You just going in, you're doing things as a young adult. And I think there's something about motherhood when you look at your kids and you're like, like for me, it was, I have a second grade understanding of my faith. I how am I going to pass it? I don't. I don't really know. And so it's kind of this wake up call. You recognize the responsibility you have to pass it on. And then that desire starts stirring in you. I mean, at least that's how it was with me. So it sounds like that, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. My kids were instrumental, even little things like um, my one daughter at the age of seven had said, you know, I think we should pray the rosary. And I said, oh, I don't know. It's a little long. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, how about a glory be, you know? <laughs> yeah. That was mine. It was my kindergartner saying to me, so mom, if God is all powerful and he can do anything, can he make a rock so big that even he can't pick it up? And I'm like, you're five. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, kids say the darndest things, but you know, it's the Holy Spirit working in and through them. Yeah. Yeah. So just as I was growing my relationship with the Lord and, um, you know, back, you know, receiving the sacraments, I just found that conversations around faith just naturally started to happen everywhere around me to the point where, you know, even at my, my husband's a dentist. So, you know, being in the office, all of a sudden he'd come in and like every, all the patients, like everything, like it's always coming back to the same topic, you know, faith, God, church, like, how is that happening? <laughs> just very naturally started occurring in uh, my bubble of life, right? That is great. Uh, but not only do you did you just have a conversion, but now you even work for the parish. How did that happen? Yeah, just, um, again, wanting to share that. So, like, it started with my little, you know, bubble, or those people I interacted with, you know, friends, family. And um, it wasn't until, um, actually, was, I was at a conference with my husband, 
And I think at that time in my, my own life, I was reading through the Acts of the Apostles and, you know, I didn't know about St. Paul Street evangelization or anything else. Like I was just pretty much like my little parish and, and God, but I was growing that relationship. And um, I had seen a woman walking towards me through the subway back when we had crowds of people together <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just all bent over. And I was just moved with compassion for her and, and the thought crossed my mind, like, what if I stopped and prayed with her? What if I talked to her? What if, um, what if I prayed with her? And what if God would heal her? And, and then I kept walking. Um, but that never left my mind. You know, I've prayed for somebody else to come into, because I, I kept walking. I've prayed for somebody else to come into her life. Um, but just that stuck with me, that that call was there, and it was bigger than where I had seen it. So um, that's how I ended up going back to school, back to the seminary, to the seminary here in town and seeking out pastoral ministry and, uh, and working for the parish. Long story short. but <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So what it led you to pastoral ministry was actually passing up an opportunity where you felt like the Holy Spirit was calling you to prayer. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. I remember my youth minister telling me that just what you said in terms of praying for somebody else to come by, like that's sometimes the Holy Spirit works. Like it's not just like that moment was completely on you, but like the Holy Spirit is going to try to empower anyone who's around a particular person. I remember she told a story where she did the same thing, but then someone else in that person's life ended up going. And that's when she knew it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit because she knew that it wasn't just something in her, like it was a thought. It was like, no, this is something that God really desired for this person he was just waiting for somebody to say yes to it and so it's absolutely that that's the lord can bring other people into your life but that when you receive those promptings it's amazing that you had that discernment recognizing that no this was come from god like he wanted me to act on that and how do we become more comfortable as catholics to be attuned to the holy spirit and say yes to those promptings i would say i love the what, what the phrase you use the what if what mm-hmm. if what if? Because I use that all the time when evangelizing. It's like, what if we didn't come today? Yeah. Look at all the things that wouldn't have happened. But I also love the fact that God put a desire in your heart at such a level that you recognize that you wanted to do something. You know, like the first time, just how many times have you walked past people that needed prayer and you never even thought? wow, what if I prayed for that person, right? So God was bringing you along slowly and even having that encounter where you didn't act, but God God showed you in your heart. I, I just think that's such an important thing that God is coaching us. So what we think might be a, a missed opportunity or a mistake is really just him saying, this is the next thing. Come on, this is going to be your next thing. Next time you'll be ready. Well, it was shortly after that that I was um, running a, a marathon in Detroit, and I came across a lovely team of people from St. Paul Street Evangelization that I, I didn't know existed. <laughs> and I was so pumped. I was so excited. I'm like, I can't believe you're here. This is awesome. I didn't know Catholic did this. <laughs> yeah. That there was the one on the river? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was just, I'm just trying to imagine how St. Paul Street Evangelization was there along the marathon route. Like, were there oh. people with just like throwing, like just having rosaries as people who are running by or how did you get get in contact with them? Yeah. (laughs) No, it was that where you pick up your packs. So they have like an expo there um, where, so you always pick up your bib number and, and like your t-shirt and they happen to be there. And I had never heard of St. Paul Street evangelization. I didn't know Catholics did such cool things. I, I had no idea. 
until that day. So funny story. Um, a couple of years ago, we get a call from the, the person in charge of um, the Catholic young adults. They say, Beth, can you set up a little booth for the marathon? <laughs> and so I, I leave from Wayne State. I grab a seminarian from the, sem- from the Companions of the Cross, Isaac, who we just had on as our, our podcast guest not too long ago. And Isaac and I were schlepping this stuff. We couldn't find a parking spot, all this stuff. We get, finally get there. We set up the whole table so that you could walk by. Oh. I remember setting up the table. It, I, <laughs> I remember with Isaac, and it was just so funny because we couldn't get a parking spot. And, and you know, it all comes around. Yeah, that's amazing how God all works it all out. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. I've, I've never run a marathon. I've run many half marathons, and I've never seen anything Christian at, at the expo. I've seen, okay, this is where I get my cleat, or this is where you can get running shoes, and this is where you get those gummies that – I use every mile <laughs> to keep giving me energy. Uh, but that would be amazing. It's like, yeah, pick up the stuff that you need for like your physical energy. But oh yeah, get your, you know, you're going to want to pray the rosary the night before. So take that rosary <laughs> make sure you have God helping you get through this half marathon. That's great that they allowed you to be there. Yeah, so then I started Googling when I got home and I found that there was a workshop. And it, again, it was in Michigan, not too far away, but it didn't work out. Um, I wasn't able to go and have a group of girls, uh, ladies that uh, we get together, um, you know, a fairly regular basis to pray and study together. And and I'm like, we have to do this. This is this is awesome. And, and just the idea was thrown out that why don't we ask them to come here and do a workshop? And that's kind of where everything kind of started Um you know, the relationship with St. Paul Street Evangelization and just um, just empowering, you know, the lay people on how to evangelize, you know, that we can do this, that it's not for special people. Wow. I love that because if, it, if you could have come to Detroit, it would have just been you doing it. Yeah, that's true. But you couldn't come to Detroit that day. So you had Adam and I think Patrick went out and um, taught, taught at your place. And that way you're like, starting to build this culture it's not just laura it's right it's the parish yeah so laura when did you start evangelizing with st paul street evangelization basically after they came for the first workshop we gathered a group of people from the parish that had attended the workshop and just people that like i'm very blessed we have a team of people that are you know people of profound you know deep faith and prayer that that they get it you know they want to share their love of jesus they want to um and as an obligation of love, like they, they understand that. And so just we gathered together. And I think the first thing we ever worked on, um, we put together was we have a big festival. Our parish has a big festival that's been going on since before I was even born. And, uh, but I, to my knowledge, it's never had any faith component. It's like a full on carnival with like rides and it's pretty awesome for my kids, but no faith. Um, <laughs> So that was the first thing that we did. We said we were going to go out there and uh, set up a little space, a little booth. And, uh, and we did. We gathered a team together. We had, you know, a whole team of intercessors as well and, uh, and people out on the festival grounds. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah. What, do you remember any stories that came from that outing? Yeah, actually. Um, one of our ladies, um, one of the ladies, she had signed up to be an intercessor and she's like, well, you know, that's where my place is. And, and she took it to prayer and said, Nope, the Lord said he wants me out. <laughs> out <there. laughs> what happens if you ask 
sometimes you get surprised. Um, we, so what we did is we'd all gather together. So even the intercessors and, um, and those that were going to be out um, on, on the festival grounds, we gather and pray together first. And um, just one of the ladies had had um, some words of knowledge that, you know, there was going to be a gentleman there, a large man, um, and he was going to be wearing black and white stripes, like a referee shirt. And she had a particular message for him. And uh, then we went out and about an hour later or so, there was a big, large man with a referee shirt. And that's not a common thing. So as you can imagine, everybody in our team was like, there he is. So we did, we talked to him and he was very open. He was a Muslim man. And uh, there was another two people that we had and they, they found, found him at other parts of the festival grounds. And he's like, oh, I already met. But again, he was open to prayer. He, uh, and who knows? I mean, those might just be seeds planted. We don't know what where that yeah. was uh, that was pretty exciting for for our team to see that you know that words that they have received in prayer and it came to came to fruition we got to see it right so yeah that's pretty amazing cool. I, I in my own experience doing this I, I i've never had anything before but um while people are walking by i just have the sense like this is i need to go talk to that person or this is someone I need to speak with. And sometimes, you know, it's just even still, like even as the director team's mustering up the courage to say, okay, that's something that God wants me to do. And I need to go, you know, talk to that person because I, I can tell this is going to happen. And more often than not, it's, it's a conversation that the Holy Spirit was totally a part of. And, you know, there was, um, and I remember one, one particular fellow who wasn't Christian or Catholic at all ended up we had a daily mass that was something that we within walking distance and he ended up coming to mass with us and oh, it was wow. awesome and so it was so funny because they're the intentions <laughs> we're all in there and everyone's praying very piously for like all these like beautiful Catholic intentions and he this band very bold is like Pray for the Indianapolis Colts that they have a good season this year. Let's keep Andrew Lux safe and healthy. We pray to the Lord. And we're like, oh my God. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> just brought this guy off the street. We're praying for the Colts. You know, we'll get to just, I don't know. I think more often than not, you think like, this is your first time here. You might be too nervous, but he wasn't nervous to pray for the Colts. It was really funny. You know, Laura, you mentioned um, when people signed up for your booth, they could sign up to be an intercessor or to be at the booth. What's the role of that, the intercessors? And, and is, that a, is that a big part of your evangelization? Or what would you say for that? It is. I think, I think that it's so important to have just a, you know, a team of people, just warriors, that just praying for anybody that is out you know, on, the, on the street intercessor or evangelizing. Um, just even with that particular um, event, being the team lead, I spent some time in both places on the festival grounds and in the chapel praying. And I have to say it was equally as exciting in the chapel. Um, it was just drenched in the Holy Spirit. Like just, um, it was very powerful um, to experience both sides of that. But definitely prayer, I'd say, is one of the biggest things that I I would never want to skimp out on. I mean, it, we don't change hearts, right? We're available, but it's the Holy Spirit that's going to change people's hearts. I love that you had like a community prayer team at the same time, you know, a different location in front of the Eucharist and they're praying while the event is going on. Not just like, oh yeah, I'll pray for you next Tuesday. Or I'll have, but I, I love it that it was like a team community doing it together. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really important. I mean, I'm learning about this now, like the primacy, the importance of 
of grace and its role in conversion and recognizing that just to say yes to God takes God's grace. And, and so when you, when you understand that theology and then you understand like why it would be important for intercessors to be there, because uh, you know, we want to continue to ask God, you know, to be able to make our efforts fruitful in the, that the thought that the line that we can do nothing without God it doesn't say you can do some good, good things or you can bring some people, but it's going to be better. It's like, you know, you can do nothing. It's, it's really important to recognize that in our evangelization. I also say in our ministry, just having that prayer, not just only for, you know, when we have an event, but just people like having a team of people praying for direction. Um, what I've often told our team is we could really, there's so many avenues or places we could evangelize, even just within the parish, not even in the community, like, mm-hmm. you know, so many different things that it's really I think so important instead of picking an event and then asking God to bless it is to seek out his will and say, where should we serve? Where do you want us? And looking at that, looking at it that way versus, you know, kind of just looking at what makes sense to us. Well, uh, our time has gone by really fast. We still have a few minutes left. I wanted to talk to you about the school that you're getting started. I think that's the next, you know, avenue when you talk about, how you can continue to build a culture of evangelization in the parish. So just walk us through that. Like what's, what is this school going to be like or look like at your parish? Well, we don't know exactly logistically what it's going to look like because of all COVID and all that. So I'm hoping that we'll be in person, but it might be a combination of online and in person. It's yet to be determined. However, we're set to go and excited about it. Um, I love that it's not just a class, like it really has the ability to change the culture. I mean, it's um, just gaining that confidence. I find with a lot of people within the parish, they might be gung-ho about evangelization, but they think that's for other people or they don't have the confidence to really delve in. And I think that having a community of people to support you, mentors and, and, and actual have practice time in class and accountability that, you know, accountability to your classmates is going to be very helpful in, creating that culture and continuing to build that culture that we've already started. Yeah, that's the format that we that our school of evangelization has is that it's not just lecture and so Laura's going to be one of the instructors and you teach a little bit and you, they break into small groups and you practice you have little bits of evangelization homework along the way and it's I think it's eight sessions for each each semester and there's a couple of semesters put together that you, that you string out one after another and it's um you really get to know your classmates and you, and you really bond and build a beautiful um friendship be, because you're doing you're growing together yeah. yeah i think it's brilliant the way it's been put together i'm very excited to see um to see people grow in this it's very exciting one of the things i wanted to press into was what you said about uh, changing the culture to make something like this more normal. I know for me, if I when I had become a missionary, part of me becoming a missionary was going to do street evangelization. That was just part of the culture of it, and it was something I, even though I was a practicing Catholic, had never done. You know, never spoke to, spoke to anybody, and if I did, it was more about just getting to come to church. I never just th- went out and directly spoke to people about where they're at their faith and inviting them to become Catholic. My question would be is like, is beginning to change at, to change at, at the parish on that level of making this more normal? I think I've seen, like I've definitely seen progress. I think yeah. there's still lots to work, lot, lots of work to be done. Um, but that is definitely the hope is that this is part of the normal um, Catholic life, right? Just sharing your love and it's the part of who we are. Um, yeah. I, I'm hopeful that this is going to make a big difference. 
I loved you use the phrase obligation of love when you talked about evangelization. And uh, so I love that. And building a culture, we have skeptics. They aren't sure like what, that's somebody else's job or whatever their reason is. It's, there's a couple of things that kind of help that to build that culture, to make it strong. Um, How about your parish leadership, your pastor or or other priests? What do they think about evangelization? My pastor has his licentiate and the new evangelization of the Sacred Heart. So (laughs) on board, (laughs) Um, definitely uh, on board with, with the mission and, um, and with the, the school evangelization. Actually, when I had first approached him about um, St. Paul Street evangelization, and I said, you know, look at this festival, and we were standing looking at the, the festival, and I said, you know, next year, wouldn't it be awesome if we were out here, like, speaking to people about like, our faith, inviting them to come into the church? And he had a really interesting response. He said, oh, I've been waiting for you to say that. So, oh, that's <laughs> so great. Yeah, so it's uh, definitely full support there. Yeah, but he didn't want to push it. He didn't want to push it. He was waiting to see who else and he probably had been praying for you. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Are you going to have a light the fire event at your uh, festival where people can come in and put their candles right in and do the prayer? That was the plan for June, but oh, it was June. Because I still, I'd love to do that. Yeah. You want to talk about Light the Fire, Beth or Laura? Oh, well, I just love the event, and it's it's a great way to get people into the church. If you have a festival and there, and you have your church open, so we kind of, um, St. Paul Street Evangelization has, has all the supplies to have this thing called a Light the Fire. So you can give candles to people and invite them to go into the church and they bring them in and they pray. And it's just a, it's a beautiful bridge from the, um, from the cotton candy machine to the altar, right? <laughs> <laughs> Laura, had you done a light the fire before or anything like that? No, I haven't. Oh. You know, we had it uh, in our calendars, though. It was going to happen, you know, the Friday and uh, first Friday in June. Yeah, that's ex- I hope you do get a chance because we did it at our immersion last year, which was also postponed um this year we were gonna it actually would have been this past weekend i believe right that the yeah. immersion would have happened this past weekend mm-hmm. if it was going to happen this year but it was incredible to from the moment we opened the door that god was with us <laughs> just people started pouring in and it was awesome just to be able to see the response that people had not to just begin speaking to them about their faith but just inviting them to come experience like come light a candle come pray right now and the, the response of saying that the amount of people saying yes to that was incredible. So uh, in building the culture, you had a, you had a pastor that's all on board praying for you, waiting to do this. You have a festival writing, waiting for it to happen. Another thing that sometimes helps is like credible witnesses or the Holy spirit, like jumping in and doing things like the Muslim man, right. Giving that word of knowledge, you know, God works that way, not just to, not just so that we can see how amazing he is, but to also build up our faith. And when that happened, I'm wondering if the other team members were like, wow, God is really here doing this and it helped them. Or did it, oh, know? definitely. I think they were all on fire. Yeah. They, you know, even speaking this year about last year and how we're not there, um, you know, doing the same thing this year, there was definitely a fire there. There's that excitement that, wow, like God is amazing and what he can do. 
Laura, I know before we uh, got on for prayer at three o'clock, you shared with us an incredible story of what God did in your own family. Would you mind sharing that? Sure. Yeah, I was at an um, encounter conference in January with my family and saw Beth, Beth there. And uh, my seven-year-old, who just turned eight actually last week, um, came with us to the conference. And uh, the night they played for prayed for healing, um, they prayed for her. She's had... Um, problems with her eyes where they just kind of wander off. So she's had to wear glasses since she was 18 months old for, to keep her eyes aligned straight. And uh, when I went to go pick her up from the, from the kids track, she came running to me and said, mom, I don't need my glasses anymore. God healed my eyes. Here you go. I said, well, I'll put them in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened? And yeah, her eyes have been great. I actually took her to the doctors after we got home and uh, her eyes are definitely healed. She's, um, I was joking around and telling Brian and Beth that, that, you know, that first day that she was going to go back to school, you know, having to write a note to the teacher, you know, making her lunch. I'm like, I don't, what do I write here? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't need glasses anymore. Jesus healed her. Um, but she took it upon herself to share with her teachers and her classmates that God healed her eyes. And, uh, yeah, she brought rosaries from the St. Paul Street evangelization table and miraculous medals for her friends. And she's quite the little evangelist, that one. I'm looking at this photo that Beth got me right here. <laughs> Jesus healing the blind man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just been like that. Yeah, that's what God, that's what God did. I mean, obviously she wasn't blind, but still be able to heal her eyes and it's, Jesus still doing that today is pretty incredible. I met with our uh, team just last week, just talking about, um, you know, as much as we're not able to evangelize in the same way that we have in the past because of COVID, um, the urgency still remains. Like we're still called to evangelize and witness with our lives and our words to others and just kind of bringing them together to talk about like, what does that look like now? And I shared with them a story about the same daughter that, that Last week, we started letting her play a little bit outside with some friends, and she directed a play, like a very like a kid's play. Um, but all these people started coming to my house. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't expecting anybody. We had about 20 to 25 people show up on our lawn with lawn chairs, um, and she they, they told me that she had gone and invited them all to come and watch the play. And I thought that God spoke so profoundly to me in that moment that this is who we need to evangelize or to speak with right now when we're not able to, um, that's the call right now for, for me anyways, that there's still opportunities. Yeah. That's, that is amazing. And it's just like you, I'm sorry. No, you (laughs) It's just like you said before, um, you know, you said uh, it's better to, instead of asking God to bless your plans, ask God, what are his plans? So I see, you know, you're, you're recognizing that you're, you're recognizing the promptings is like, okay, I can't go on the street. God's bringing me these other people and being docile to it. That's a struggle for me. I I get headstrong. It's like, this is my plan and I'm going to do it. God, you better show up. You know, it's just like, it's hard sometimes to, to sit back and reflect it. It takes prayer. It takes listening. It's such an important part of the process. Is, well, I can't believe we're already, you know, almost done with our time, but I just wanted to give you a chance to just offer up any last thoughts and or encouragement to those who are, are have already started a team or those discerning starting a team with St. Paul Street Evangelization. 
just that ongoing um, call to deeper conversion just for, your, for yourselves personally to just always keep that on the forefront just and seek the Lord for assistance in making plans, um, mm-hmm. you know, his will versus ours. And and that prayer support, that that's huge. Just um, get your por- prayer warriors on board and, and have them praying. That's amazing. Dad, did you have any final thoughts? I'm just so glad that you're, uh, you were able to come and speak with us today, Laura. And um, if anyone is interested in having one of the schools of evangelization at their place, check us out on streetevangelization.com and, and you can find out more about it there. You can contact either Brian or I um, and find out because it's, it's such a great way to start bringing more people in. And sometimes you start with just a basic evangelization training event, just like, like Laura did, just a small event and get it started um, because uh, you know the world the world needs evangelists we're all evangelists we just need to know how and sometimes it's just that the, the, the few little skills you learn that gets you going so well, thank you thank you yeah. so much laura thanks for having me god bless everybody god bless everyone thank you